hello hello and welcome back to show talk podcast place where i talk you talk and we talk about shows we are back with another episode of motherland fort salem season two episode 10 i cannot believe we have finally reached the season finale of this season because man there has been a lot going on i feel like we have been at the edge of our seat this entire season there's been a lot of betrayal there's been a lot of hurt i have a lot to say and i know I know, I kind of left you guys high and dry with the last episode, and yes, although I was with you for the season finale and I was live tweeting, I never released a podcast episode, and that just happens sometimes. If you have been with me for a while on this podcast, you know I don't really have a schedule. I kind of release it when I can. Um, For Motherland, for Salem, I have been doing pretty well, but things happen, but I'm here. And you know what? I'm giving you guys an excuse, an excuse to binge watch Motherland from season one to now, or an excuse to rewatch the season finale with me because I have feelings and thoughts, questions, and a lot of concerns. And if you want to just relive those moments with me, go right on ahead. I'm perfectly fine with it because am I angry about what happened to Alger? Yeah. Did I expect it? A hundred percent. Am I happy with how this story is going for Nicta? No, I'm not a fan. And I'm going to have some words later on in this episode about this whole Nicta tally situation. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. Are we happy with the Scylla and Rael reunion? I guess. Am I proud of Petra's growth? But do I have some like critiques and criticisms? A hundred percent, which we should do with every change in leadership, to be honest. So Look out for a little bit of that, and if season three really is going to be our last season, we're going to have a lot to talk about, a lot of things to think and consider with how they're going to wrap up this show, if it doesn't get picked up anywhere else, but I know we're fighting as strong as we can to keep this show alive. I see your guys' hashtags and tweets, I see the tweets from the cast, and I refuse to let them go, and I know you guys don't as well. But while we still have them, let's hold on to this ride as long as we can. So let's get into it. Let's get into this episode of Mullen Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 10, The Season Finale. I have to tell you guys, rewatch your episodes. That's my PSA for this entire show and this entire season finale. Rewatch your episodes. Because although I was right there with you guys watching the season finale, I didn't care for it. Or at least for a good half of the show, I did not care. Like, I didn't care what was happening. I didn't care about Penelope. I didn't care. I, I, I just, I couldn't. And I think it was because I knew that Alder was going to die. I knew that after everything, Petra was going to have to, like, get her reckoning and see what happened, and Nikta and the girls, like, we saw the trailers. We knew it was going to happen, and I feel like because I was so numb to it after the last episode, after seeing Alder be broken down and then just disgraced in front of her life's work, in front of everyone, in front of the government in front of her daughters, hurt me so bad. I was numb to it all. I feel like I was going through, like, 
an episode of depression or something like that. It was just, I couldn't, I couldn't focus. And rewatching this episode, honestly, I was triggered from the recap. The recap alone had me so angry and in my feels. And specifically when we went back in and we saw Rael go talk to the mushroom wall, the mushroom wall showing that it's actually the heaven or afterlife for witches and the fact that Alder created it in her grief and then seeing Tally, Tally, oh my gosh, I was triggered. Seeing Tally of all people blame Alder for the spree and the creation of the spree and fighting in defense of Nicta. Nicta! Fighting in defense of Nicta of all people. You guys know how I felt about that. I was upset. I was upset. And I didn't think I was going to... Honestly, this is one of the main reasons why I haven't released this episode for so long. It's because I... My soul couldn't handle re-watching this episode if I knew I wasn't going to care about it. Which meant I wasn't going to give you guys the energy and the just emotion that I had fully for this episode and I wasn't going to like it. But triggered within the recap, blood was boiling, energy high. And so when I rewatched this episode again, I started seeing like the good things, you know, the the amazing fight scenes. And I started analyzing a little bit more the conversations that different groups were having and where people were sitting and looking and I started seeing so many things like let's start off with how the witch plague comes onto the ground and I know I was joking around about this whole venom thing between the doctor and this creation that he's he's made but it's kind of still there like that scene where he walks out onto the 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 ground and and we face off with Rael and the girls and then they just like blend back in like that was ooh, that was amazing to see I kind of loved it and it also had me questioning though if Dr. Hearst was harvesting the witch's vocals and then using their own contraption but the species or symbiote whatever that they created attacked witch voices why didn't the witch plague also attack like the doctor and his supporters once they used like was it not the same like is it not created to the same like energy or force that attracts the symbiote to other witches we're starting off with questions we're starting off with questions as we always do because it just didn't make sense. I mean, I'm assuming that the mechanism that they use kind of blocks out the characteristics that draws the venom towards the vocals. But isn't that also like hypocritical of the doctor to sit and like talk about how witches are abnormal and it's not part of God's plan and how they don't want that in their world just to use their voices against them i don't know y'all i don't know i feel like the only thing i can give this doctor in points wise is when he was confronting petra and nicta together 
when we finally saw the joining of Army and Spree once and for all. And he says, thank you to Nikta for creating a space in which the Camarilla can thrive because she and her group have finally created enough hatred and anger towards witches that they were able to create their own following even stronger with the Not My Daughters groups and everything like that because of her actions. I was kind of like clapping in the sides because it's 100% true. It's 100% true. And I've said this multiple times this season. Nikta is the reason that all of this is happening. I know Tally has multiple times said that, well, if Elder never betrayed Nikta, the spree never would have happened. We never would have had this this fight between the witches and the spree for so long, etc. But I feel like Tally also forgot that because of the creation of the spree, had also created the rift between the humans and the witches. Because before, they used to work a little bit more in harmony. And even in the beginning of season one, it used to be when Tally was first getting ready to go on the airplane to join the witches, she was so happy. And she was able to get into the front of the line and people thanked her for her service. And then we saw more of a shift. The more the spree kept attacking, the more deaths that we saw, we got to see Tally then, you know, have to defend herself against humans who believed that she was also part of the problem. And instead, it was the spree against humans who have said multiple times that they didn't want to be part of a situation or part of an organization where they would have to support lesser beings, such as humans, in control of a government that also did not care for them and their bodies. And I know we talked about this last episode about how Nicta said that for every dead witch, there was also a dead civilian on top of it, like to cancel it out to show signs of the war that was happening between both groups. But Nicta never actually clarified that. She never actually clarified that, neither with the humans or the government or neither with Fort Salem. Like, she never, in her goals in creating the spree, announced that we are doing this because we are unsatisfied as witch soldiers. We are doing this because we do not like being seen as beneath humans. That is what she was really, like, if you look at her actions, was really saying. So, like, how was anyone to know what Nikta's goal was? I mean, look at their whole whole calling or saying it's, we are the spree. Does anyone really know what the spree is? No. We could have done something that was, like, freedom or spree. At least that way the message would have been clear that the spree wanted freedom. Freedom from the government, freedom from the army, freedom from what Alder stood for that they didn't want to be part of. Clarity. We need clarity in her actions. At least that way the civilians would know who was the true enemy. 
not Fort Salem, but the spree. Not witches in general, but the spree. But there was no clarification at all. And so when Petra and Nicta are finally standing together as Army and Spree and Dr. Hearst is talking about how he's thanking Nicta for her her service, basically, and, and giving him followers and, and giving him loyalty to all these people who have turned their backs on witches because of, the, because of her. And she looks at Petra and she says, my fight is no longer with the army. It never was. It never was. Because I've said this once and I'll say it again. Nikta had one goal and one goal only, and that was to destroy Alder. That was it. She killed her own witches. She went through all of this, but her fight with the army ended as soon as Alder was taken out of service. It doesn't make sense because if the Spree's whole message was about freeing themselves from the army and freeing themselves from the government, why would Nicta's goal be finished with the ending of Alder's? It doesn't make sense because even though Alder is no longer in power, Petra is now in power which means she can continue on with the traditions of Fort Salem, still continuing on with gathering other witches throughout the country to come join Fort Salem, which is what the Spree do not want. Witches underneath government power. So if that's going to continue, why would Nicta be done fighting? It doesn't make sense. So she's lying. Or at least someone has to be lying, and I think it's her, which honestly is another reason why I was so angry that Tally was so ready to go bat to bat against Alder in defense of Nicta when Nicta only had one agenda. And Tally, this entire season, has been talking about how she wants to create change and do all these things. And she believed that helping Nicta, risking her own life for Nicta, was going to create this change. And it did nothing. It did nothing other than have Alder be disgraced and lose her home and her people for one decision she made years ago. Stop. I just upset and and do i you know do i forgive alder for what she did no because like the death of people who surrendered is never okay but was i there no i don't you know she already admitted it and we could we could we just could have did it better we could have did it better and the fact that Alder already had so many people against her in this time. We didn't need Tally to be one of them. Especially with that fight scene from last episode. Ah, triggered, triggered. But the fact that Alder, in all of this, after all of that, all of the betrayals and all of the embarrassments and the anger she must feel on all sides, from her own people, from the government, from Tally, 
Petra, who was supposed to be her confidant, we talked about that. The growth between Petra and Alder fizzled. It's gone now. It's in flames. But after all that, for Alder to come through and stand beside Petra in this fight against Camarilla, beautiful. Honestly, beautiful. And I said this in my live tweets. I don't know if you guys remember it. But that was kind of all I needed to accept the power change between Alder and Petra. If that was going to happen, whether it be if the truth came out or not, if Alder was going to step down, I needed her to forgive or at least accept Petra for her taking this opportunity and rising in the ranks as the new general of Fort Salem. Because if Alder didn't accept her and call her a general on top of everything that's happened to her, I wasn't I wasn't going to accept Petra as general, I'm not gonna lie. But Alder did. She came through, she acknowledged Petra as general, and she went in to fight. Fight against her greatest enemy, no less. Someone that she's fought for for years, who's attacked her family, killed her. Here's another thing, guys. Honestly, this episode is just going to be me ranting about this episode. And we're not even, if you look at the timestamp between like what we're talking about now and what happened in the show, we're not even 10 minutes in. Because it, oh, it hurt me so much with the fact that Alder died within maybe two to three minutes of fighting the Camarilla. We've been prepping for this all season. What do you mean she died against the Camarilla? Alder, General Sarah Alder, died. And it wasn't even like she was fighting Dr. Hearst. No. She wasn't even fighting the main leaders of the Camarilla. She was fighting random militia men. Upsetting. That is upsetting to me. Because she is so strong. And we know her to be so strong. She created the witch bomb. And yet one dart of venom hits a bitty and she's out. She's out for the count. Not even 10 minutes into the show. And she's out for the count. Are you kidding me? You... You've got to be kidding me. And to give this show a little bit of props, I'm not going to lie. I did like how they filmed that scene, like the panning between like the windows and seeing Anacostia and Alder fight. Like that was beautiful. I'm not going to lie. There were some good fight scenes in there. I wish we saw more of it. I, I wish it was more big and dramatic and like just in your face. You know what I mean? But it wasn't. And for one dart to hit a bitty and just take Alder out, it's upsetting. It's very upsetting to me. And don't think I wasn't going to acknowledge the fact that it was a bitty that had Alder losing her life. And at the same time, it's biddies that are what's been keeping her alive for so long. That hurts me. Like, that really hurts me. Biddies keep her alive. She's 
sadly been taking the life forces of her daughters for so long to keep her alive. And one hit to this life source that she has. And she's she's KO'd. That, ugh. How ironic. <laughs> and it hurts even more knowing that these will be the last generation of biddies that we'll ever see in Motherland for Salem. These last few, the ones that we've literally grown attached to since season one of this show will be the last group of biddies that we get because they surrendered the the biddies and now that alder is out of the picture well not really but kind of out of the picture we'll never get them again that said r.i.p biddies all of them i don't even know their names but i'm sad to see them go And the fact that Anacostia was willing to sacrifice herself to become a baby to save Alder, this was probably the only time I was showing emotion in the first half of the show. And the only other time I started showing even more emotion was when we got to the halfway point when Anacostia was saying goodbye to Alder. Oh, it hurt me. It hurt me. And you know this because I have been in love with the family dynamic between Alder and Anacostia since the beginning. I love their mother-daughter relationship. I think it's so, it's it's raw, it's real. Like it's the realest mother-daughter relationship that we've seen that hasn't officially been acknowledged until this episode. So to see her willing to sacrifice herself to save Alder and Alder being like, no daughter. Oh, stop. Stop it. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I wish we saw more. I hope we get to see a little bit more between the two of them, especially with the way that things ended, with the fact that Anacostia kind of was against Alder this season and how she was supporting Petra and going behind Alder's back like I feel like we didn't have a chance to fully get them to reconnect in their relationship until until now and it's it's sad that it has to be at the end where we lose Alder. Now you would think that the saddest part for me would be the death of Penelope but it wasn't weirdly enough like I did feel some emotion at the fact that we were losing Penelope someone that like kind of grew on us a little bit as like a little sister vibe when it came to the Bellwether unit. But I didn't really get that connection. I feel like if we had more time with Penelope, if we had more time with Penelope and we had more time to develop her as a character and get to know her a little bit more and the dynamic between her and her father and what they went through and her accepting her gifts a little bit more, I feel like maybe I would have felt a little bit bad. But at the same time, we knew she was the source. We knew. The moment I saw her finger get pricked or whatever, when she got pricked and she said like, ouch, and they were like, oh, sometimes it happens with placing the mic. I was like, I know it. I know for a fact she's been infected. She's been infected and it hurts my my heart because we are going to have to say goodbye to her. So I feel like I was already saying goodbye to her at the end of episode nine. And so when we find out that she's the source this episode, I was like, yeah, I mean, who else is it going to be? 
Uh, I think the saddest part, and I feel like Tally, aka Jessica, really did this for me, is that moment where Penelope is just like begging for help and Raelle and Abigail are deciding like, are we doing this? Like, are we really like KOing um, Penelope? And you just see Tally like break down because this is someone that out of everyone in the unit has taken her under her wing and, and tried to give us a character through Penelope and she's done that and, and we've gotten to see them bond a little bit more so for Penelope to be reaching out to Tally in this moment and for all three of them having to agree that to save everyone they have to kill Penelope I was like oh dang that does hurt a little bit like that twinges my heart a little bit I mean oh Penelope I didn't care about you as much as a character I liked you but like I wasn't as invested but this seed it really twinged the heartstrings a little bit. So I I I acknowledge this scene and the fact that it was recorded well I wish they just <laughs> panned in the fact that these reporters were just who paid them is the question. Who paid these reporters to just be following around Penelope and did not care that all these witches were dying around them. Like literally bodies on the ground, bodies on the ground. People are jumping off buildings to save their fellow witches. Full on dead. And these reporters are just like, keep it rolling. Keep watching. We're just catching it all here. Not even concerned for themselves which is very telling. I mean, they don't have any witch power, so it would make sense that the plague wouldn't come for them. But they were like, meh. No, no one was trying to help nobody. They were just like, keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. We want to see what's happening here. Didn't warn anybody that Penelope was the source. Didn't do any of that. Just, you know, it's just another day at work. Like, that's crazy to me. And I wonder if... I kind of wonder if in serious situations, like in real life, like when news reporters and everyone are recording natural disasters, if the, if it's like this as well, if they're like, yeah, I just saw someone got shot down the street. It was great camera time. Let's see what's happening next street over. Like, I don't know. It's so interesting to see. And I also want to know which news crew was it like was it the one the original news reporters that were recording Penelope that like we actually allowed to come on Fort Salem or was it the ones in line with the Camarilla because if it was in line with the Camarilla that would make sense like yes they don't care about what happens to the witches and they just go about their days but if it was the one that was supposed to come like the original news reporters like, let's talk about their souls. I don't know. Maybe I'm being dramatic, but that's just one thing that I couldn't really wrap my head around, especially as they were recording Penelope's final moments with the use of Abigail's work and Rael's witch bomb. And you also have to take into account that with Rael using the witch bomb, as we saw earlier in the episode, that it allows for them to have back a sense of self 
because the plague was taking over their mind and they couldn't tell what they were doing and and that's why we saw other witches like when the one witch that Rael was able to use the witch bomb on decide to jump off the building in order to protect the girls because she had that moment of clarity and she knew that she wasn't able to save them or save herself with what Rael could do. So you also have to acknowledge now that as Rael was using the witch bomb, that Penelope probably had a sense of clarity and that she knew she was going to die. Oh, that's so rough. Imagine watching that. Imagine recording that. And then just being like, yup, that's crazy. That's crazy to me, which makes sense as to why this recording or this taping that is now national, that is the world is going to see. You know, if you thought you had witch haters now, the Pitchfork Brigade is lighting. It's in the back. It's ready. It's on standby now. So it makes sense that they're using this video to get at the Bellwether unit because somebody has to be the scapegoat. Somebody has to be used to calm down the Pitchfork Brigade to show that the government still has power over the witches. And if the president doesn't do something, especially since it's the vice president's daughter, then there's, it's going to be chaos. There will be nothing but chaos. You know, so that's why it all falls back on Nicta and the Spree. There was already anger and everything rising. Not our daughters was already rising. And now, with the continued death of Penelope, someone who has been a figure in society for the humans, who has been that connecting bridge between the two, who we have been using to be that connecting bridge between the two this entire season, Now that she's dead, there's, oh no, like there's no hoping that the two will combine each other, that witches and humans and those who are in line with the Camarilla or not our daughters would even consider sending their daughters off or even consider uniting with them anymore. And so this anger and this hate and this has been fueled since the creation of the spree. And it's just, it's overrun now. And I feel like as we see our girls in, or going to DC in prison, basically, with Nikta awaiting trial and what's going to happen as they're hoping to see what Petra can do, Nikta says, it's unfortunate that she will have a martyr's death but the three of them will not because we know that they're going to use them as a lesson and we don't know how, how that's going to be. And although the president says that she's willing to give them a fair trial, you know, for a fact, the president does not care. The president does not care and has not cared. And I love that we get to see, I mean, at first I said that Petro is being a little hypocritical when we saw her show off her storm and fury at the responses that she was getting from the president. And I was kind of happy about it because I was like, look, now you see, you get to see the struggles that Alder has faced for hundreds of years against these political figures who do not care about you 
or the people that you consider your daughters underneath you. And so now as Petra is facing off against the president to save her actual daughter and is seeing that she is being faced head on with a wall who will not budge for her, who is willing to use her daughter and the rest of her unit as examples and does not care for witches, does not care for the, you know, traditions of witches and the fact that they did what they had to do in self-defense to save the thousands that were recorded dying before the death of Penelope. You know, there was no save one to save them all. It was like you killed the wrong one and now all of you shall suffer. And so to see that and to see Petra face that as her first, you know, issues with the president and now in places general was kind of like great. Like I kind of loved it because I was like, now you see, now you all can see the burden that Sarah has been holding on to for so many years. And now you can understand a little bit. I love that. Like, I I love that. There were so many moments this episode where I feel like Petra was starting to, or not just Petra, there were so many moments this episode where everyone who was part of Fort Salem, who was against Alder and who wanted Alder to step down, was having a moment of reflection in what happened and how it went down. And if their actions and the consequences of their actions were worth it to bring Alder down. And I loved that. And we see it a little bit, if you're looking at Petra specifically, you see it in when she's asking, how could this have happened? Because we have protections against Fort Salem. And she's told that, well, the protections of Fort Salem were tied with Alder. And Alder stepping down, or Alder no longer having those powers connected with Fort Salem, left it defenseless. Ah, that's on Petra. And you see it also when in the beginning clips, when they're in the war room after everything has happened, and you see Petra standing and staring at a picture of Alder before all of this happened and and Alder's sitting there in her glories and all of her badges and and honors on her and Petra's just looking at it and I feel like in that moment even if it's brief you can see the doubt and the questioning of like can I do this can I take over this mantle after everything that's already happening and I just took on this this position and here are all the struggles already. Did I do the right choice? Would this have happened under different leadership or if Alder stayed? These are the questions I'm seeing that's starting to play out that I love because that's what I've been saying this entire season. Like, Alder has done a lot. You know, she's kept Fort Salem safe for so many years and now no one's acknowledged that until she stepped down, until she was taken away and her protection left with her. So I love seeing that. And when it comes to Tally as well, you see that a little bit more when Tally's in the prison talking to Nicta and they ask each other, was it worth it? Was 
taking down Alder worth it? Because I'm not going to lie, her actions did create a domino effect. And so the fact that we get to see her question that is important. And that moment when we go to Alder's like little funeral that they have and the girls are talking about what Alder had done for them and, and how much they had grown because of her. When Tally starts talking about the burdens that she now feels because of the death of Penelope and how she understands a little bit more what Alder was going through, I, I loved that as well. Because now Tally understands where Alder was when she made those decisions whether how hard it was to kill someone or to kill people in order to believe that what you were doing was right, in order to protect someone else or protect more than one person that is above yourself. You know, Tally agreed to the death of Penelope to save everyone. Alder agreed to the death of the rebels to create a different future than the wars that Motherland was already facing for centuries. And it wasn't until Alder had made that decision that change happened and they had a targeted enemy that wasn't everyone. It was one person. And so although it wasn't right, and Tally may feel that her death of Penelope may never be right, it is still a similar burden that they now both have and they both can acknowledge and Tally can acknowledge in the whys of what she did. So I, I liked that. I liked that a lot. So with all of that, seeing Petra defy the president in her first moments as general, I feel like it opens, a, I hope, I hope it opens the eyes to so many people who've been against Alder in this fandom and in this show and, you know, have them see like, hey, she was doing a lot and she may not have done the best of things, but these are who she was up against. Here is a new person in power and this is what they are up against and this is what they decide to do. Go against the president right off the bat and save their daughter you know what i mean and this prison break that happens to save abigail rael and and tally it's amazing i kind of love it i love that we are uniting all groups in this show we have the dodgers with quinn and the unique gifts that they have we have the dream with the kalita and adil now now that kalita's part of the group which I'm so happy about because it shows that her powers might be even different than Adil's and possibly even more powerful. So we'll get to see the Tareem's gifts. Then we have Abigail and her powers and how they're increasing as a bellwether. And then we have the witch bomb with Rael. We have the spree with both Morgan's call from Scylla and whatever Nicta got. And they're combined groups of knowing how to manipulate people come on we have so many gifts at our disposal and abigail will now have the army 
that she wanted to create. And I hope that she gets to head this group a little bit. Like I hope she'll get to take that leadership role that she wants in order to lead everyone in the fight back against the Camarilla. And we don't know how long that's going to take. We don't know how long they're going to be on a run for. We don't know what they're going to do in that time. But we know that they will be together. And so we'll see. We'll see how that happens and we'll see how long it takes for them to come back to Fort Salem. And if Fort Salem gets taken over again, what will that mean? What will that mean for Petra now that she's gone against the government? I bet everyone's going to know that's going to be her, even though it is implied that they're going to blame the spree for the breakout. What does that imply or what's going to happen to Petra if, you know, the president doesn't believe that? What's, what's going to happen? We don't know. And so, like Abigail said, they're going back to the belly of the beast. And so they're going to have to have their own fights. And I hope that we see that a little bit as well, especially since we know that the vice president is the evil snake of them all leading the Camarilla. And I knew it. I knew it had to be a higher force leading the Camarilla because we knew it wasn't that guy who that bald headed guy. I don't know his name. But you remember him, the one that Scylla was controlling. We knew it wasn't him. We knew it wasn't the doctor either because the doctor looked like somebody who just took orders but loved the experiments of it all. So we knew it was someone with high influence. And for it to be Penelope's dad, you know how, you know how evil that is to willingly kill your daughter? Like that takes on a whole different level of evil that I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel. And the fact that they're going against President Wade for all of it too, oh, amazing. I think it's amazing. Because President Wade doesn't care about witches. She really doesn't. She cares about how she's going to be next elected. And that's just common for political figures. But the vice president, he doesn't care about witches. He doesn't care about his own daughter. He's in line with the Camarilla. He, I don't think he really likes women. And, you know, he also cares about politics. So he kind of has all this gaining for him. And the fact that he has now, like, the Camarilla and the Not Our Daughters, they're all going to be on his side for if he goes up against Wade. And so if he becomes president, I, I am not ready to see that. I don't want to see that. I'm kind of nervous to see that happen. And like, what would happen to Wade? I feel like the only way we'd lose Wade, you would think it would be through like elections, but I wouldn't put it past the vice president to kill her. I mean, if you could kill your daughter, you could kill anyone. But I wouldn't put it past the vice president to kill the president and then take over and then fully go after Fort Salem. And then he would just use his attacks and excuse that with the fact, with the death of his daughter. And he would have every right to, because he would have the backings of everyone. Scary. It's scary. And it makes me wish that we had more seasons so that we could fully see that to its full extent. And I don't think that we're going to see it. And I wish that we did, but we're not. It's just, let's face it, unless we get picked up, there's no way in one season 
we're going to see how deep the vice president can get to get his power. How strong and amazing the girls can get on the run. We're not going to see all of that. In 10 episodes, ain't no way. Ain't no way. How are we going to see all of it? I'm concerned. I feel like we're being gypped, you guys. I feel like we're being gypped. I want to see Abigail come into power. I do. And I want to see it with, like, everyone. And I want to see Rael come into her witch bomb powers. I want to see Tally expand on her powers more, especially now that she can see the frequencies and whatever that means and how she can, you know, put up a united front against the Kimberly even more now if their own, like, defense is against them now that Tally can see and she can match. We could see it all. We could see it all and we're not going to. And I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 10 episodes is a lot, but it doesn't feel like it. So we'll never know what we'll see until it happens. And I know that they're filming now for season three. So that's exciting, which means we'll probably get it again, either by next summer or next fall. I'm just concerned. I'm concerned and I'm worried because there's so much happening. There's so much happening. And now that Alder's alive, you guys didn't think I was going to just skip over that, did you? No way, because she's alive now. And it's real. And it's happening. And so what are we going to do? Like, she's part of the tree now. Or she's part... Ain't no way the mushrooms are going to let her die. After her giving birth to them, there was no way. She went into the wall and they were going to be like, yeah, thank you for your service. No! Ah, she's alive and she's going to be at so much more powerful, which I don't know. What are we going to get? Are we going to get like a mother-daughter bonding scene between her and Rael now that they're going to have similar powers? Is Alder going to like come to Rael in visions and help train her from afar? Are we going to have like, you know, it'd be a great scene if we see Alder just like step out of the wall like, in the midst of, like, a huge battle scene between, like, the Camarilla and Fort Salem again. And when everyone comes together, Alder just steps through the wall and just starts kicking ass. Like, that's all I want to see, and it would be amazing. And the only reason I wouldn't want to see it that way is because I would hate that we only get, like, one or two episodes with Alder. I hope she comes back early in the season so that we can see a little bit more of her. But... The fact that she's coming back at all brings me great joy. And if we were to get more seasons, we would get to see like what that would mean with the fact that she's connected to the wall. She's all powerful now. There's no... Come on. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because if, if Rael can't do the witch bomb enough, strong enough to fight back against the plague... Maybe Alder will be able to. And it'll be like a big thing. Like the two of them combined. Or everyone combined. Like it'll be like Abigail's tornadoes and Tally's frequencies and the witch bomb together and then just combine them against the plague and then that will end it. But at the same time, how are we going to make like, you know how every show has like a conclusion episode? Where it's like, 
this is what happened after everything was done and we either see people part ways or start new lives like how are we gonna get that there's just too much to unpack and finish I don't know guys I'm I don't know I don't know Although I'm excited that we're getting a new season and then starting and that we have all our characters together and we're going to have a chance to see them all come together. But like, there's so much going on. There's so much going on to, to just conclude that can we do it all in 10 episodes? You know what? If they don't want to give us more seasons, we should just extend this season to like 26 episodes. Three seasons in one. I'm, don't you guys miss that when shows would do like seasons by 26 episodes, 22 episodes plus a season, but now it's like the most you can get is 12 episodes a season. That's like what happened to anime. Anime used to be like 26 to 200 episodes a season. And now it's like you get two ovas and 10 episodes, maybe. Anyway. I've completely lost the plot in all of this, but that's all I really have for this episode of Mullen and Fort Salem. Of course, we're going to get into honorable mentions and we talk about things that happened this episode that didn't really fit in with the ramblings I had this entire episode, but I'll give it to you because I have so much more to say and I hope you guys will stick through and listen. So let's get into that. Let's get into honorable mentions of Mullen and Fort Salem season two, episode 10. The season finale. Okay, so here's one thing that I'm concerned about if we don't have enough time to just dive into everything that happened this season into next season. And one of that is the joining of Earth and Sky. Because Dr. Hurst said that he said this cannot happen. This cannot happen. They'll be too powerful, obviously. And I don't know if that means if they just got married or if they just had sex, or if they had a baby. Like, what? how powerful would that be? You know what I mean? If it's just the two of them together? Or is it, like, the next generation-wise powerful? Be careful, you know? So, I hope that we get to see that in some sense, whether it's them tying the knot together or something. I want to see the joining of Earth and Fire. You're not going to give that to me in Season 2 and not give that to me before the season finale we already know that they're together and I love them together and it makes me very happy that they are together but I want to see the consequences of that the amazing consequences of that I want to see that and especially now that Kalita has fought back and is joining Fort Salem and, and joining a deal with Abigail and joining the fight like I cannot wait I cannot wait and speaking of Kalita now that she's joining the fight right do you think she thinks differently of Alder now because I feel like Kalita and Alder never got to have like that moment for two seasons now they've been at each other's throats like they hate each other and Kalita rightfully so because she doesn't want her her work to be taken away from her and used in destructive means. But now that she sees the enemies that Alder and Fort Salem are generally fighting and she understands that, and she understands that these enemies that are going against her 
do not care about the bloodshed that they spill, does she look at Alder differently? Does that change their relationship? Will Alder ever get that connection between her and Kalita that she was looking for? And also, you you have to remember, too, that the reason, another reason, at least a personal reason, that Alder wanted that connection between Kalita is because her workings or her songs reminded her so closely of her family's. So... I don't know, y'all. I don't know. That's another thing. I know we were talking about everyone's, like, regret and and thinking through, like, what happened to Sarah and and what that means going forward and how they're going to look at her differently now when it came to, like, Petra or Tally. I want to see that with Kalita. And I hope that we do at least a little bit. Especially if Kalita's going to be joining the fight. And... I know that fight's going to be good because seeing her turn that man into like molten lava, I'll fight lava girl. I'm a fan. I am such a fan. I cannot wait to see even more of that. Ooh, also, you know what I want to see more of? I know I've been a Tally Alder shipper this entire season and the possibility of us getting a little bit more of that now that Alder is alive next season. Great. But... I'm totally a fan if Tally and Gregorio happen next season. I think they're so cute. The way they check up on each other, the way they always have eyes for each other. Like, I love that. And the fact that Gregorio wasn't there for the prison break hurt me. Because everyone has their partners. Abigail has Adil, Scylla has Rael, and now, what am I supposed to say? Tally has Nicta. I don't really like it, but it's kind of true, and I don't want them to be together. And every time that Nicta calls Tally red, I'm ready to, like, change the channel or mute it because I don't like that relationship. I don't like the fact that Nicta basically manipulated Tally and the fact that I just, I just want to say this right now, but Nicta never had, like, a villain arc redemption for people to be caring about her so much, whether it be in the show specifically or in this fandom. It drives me insane. Nikta still murdered a bunch of people. Nikta's, you know, her fighting with Petra for two minutes does not just remove everything that she's done since the beginning. And I feel like some of us are forgetting it. And the fact that she's still like this villain to me because she hasn't had that redemption arc and I literally have no reason to look at Nicta differently. And people are already like shipping Tally and Nicta together. The only reason I was okay with Nicta joining like the prison break was because I knew if Nicta stayed behind, they would have murdered her on national TV. And then that would have set off the spree. But other than that, like, I don't care about her. I don't care about her. She's still the villain. She's still the villain just with a common foe. And that is the vice president. That is it. So, with that in mind, I don't want Tally and Nicta to be together. I want Tally and Gregorio to be together. 
and it really hurt that he wasn't there on the prison break because I feel like he would want to be there. But hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him in season three, I hope. And maybe Tally will have another chance at a love interest. Let her get a little shiny. I'd love to see it. Um, and if not Gregario, Alder. At least in a mentor type way. But y'all ain't gonna have me not looking at Talder, especially after episode eight, where we saw that like mind vision thing. Tally is in love and you can't tell me anything else. So <laughs> that's another thing that I wanted to call attention to. And lastly, y'all, what's happening with the spree? Like what's happening with the spree? Now that Nikta is gone and gone with quotations, but if Fort Salem does blame this whole situation on the spree, will the spree retaliate without a leader in its place to tell them what to do? And we talked about this last episode, but with Alder gone, Fort Salem is defenseless. With Nikta almost dying last episode, she mentioned that the spree would retaliate. And so now that she's gone now and nobody really knows what happens to her, will the spree still retaliate? Will it still be worse? Like, it's not like Nikta's going to call off her people. And does she even have the power to do that anymore? Did she have the power to do that to, to begin with? We don't know because the most we saw with people-wise of the spree that Nikta had was like five people. The rest were like getting out of Dodge. So we don't really know what's going on with the spree right now. But they're still like on the run and on their own. So are we going to go into it? Like, are we going to talk about it? I don't. It's it's loose threads that I don't like to see. You know, it's loose threads I don't like to see. So I hope we wrap it up nicely if we do have a chance to. I hope we get 26 episodes. I hope we get more seasons. I hope all my questions are answered. I hope your questions are answered if you had them. So, yeah, <laughs> that's my recap of My Land for Salem Season 2. Episode 10, the season finale. I thank you all for waiting this long to listen. And thank you so much for calling me out on not releasing an episode. You guys have honestly motivated me to release this episode for you. Um, And I loved watching the episode again. And I hope you guys also have a chance to watch this episode again, watch this season again, and enjoy it as much as I have. Let's continue spreading the love. And that's just what I want this podcast to be about, spreading love about shows and characters and just giving them a space for us to spread our love about them and for them in this hunger games of networks and cancellations but thank you so much for sticking by me for this season i have loved recording and releasing every episode and talking to you guys and creating groups and just enjoying this fandom as a whole and I thank you guys for sticking by me in that time and I hope to see you in season three so keep on talking